we can say with 100% assurance that if somebody is a Utah citizen paying income taxes, that they'll benefit in one or multiple ways from this tax cut. The Utah legislature knows that the best way to ensure Utahns can continue to call Utah home is to lower the cost of living and allow citizens to keep more of their hard-earned money in their own pockets. Over the past several years, the Utah legislature has reduced taxes by nearly $300 million. To continue Utah's commitment to low taxes and a family and business-friendly environment, the House Majority Caucus has proposed the largest tax cut in state history, an additional $400 million in tax relief for the citizens of our state. Joining us today to talk more about this plan is the chair of our House Revenue and Tax Committee, Representative Steve Ellison. Representative, thank you so much for taking the time today. My pleasure. Thank you. So, Representative, the House Majority Caucus just announced this week what exactly our framework for a tax cut proposal is going to look like. Can you talk a little bit about what exactly is in that proposal and how that will affect everyday Utahns? Yeah, certainly. So House Bill 54 is the bill that's incorporating four different tax components that are all tax cuts, all in the income tax category. The first and largest is a rate cut going from 4.85% to 4.65%. That's a 20 basis point rate cut. That's the largest component of this tax reduction package. The second component is a social security tax cut. So it raises the threshold up to $75,000 whereby individuals receiving social security won't have to pay taxes up till that amount, and then it starts phasing out gradually after $75,000. The fourth component is a double dependent exemption for the first year of a child's birth. A little bit of a misnomer. Sometimes this has been characterized as a pregnancy deduction. It only applies the first year of a child's birth. The parent or guardian of the child can claim that extra exemption. The fourth component is an earned income tax credit increase which of the four components of this bill, this is the only one that is actually a credit. So it's increasing the credit from 15 to 20% of the federal deduction. So when you take all four of those tax cut items, that is just over $400 million ongoing tax cut. Now, why the four different components within this proposal? You know, we hear from many in the public that a simple cross the board rate reduction is probably the simplest way to do tax policy. Why would we structure a tax proposal with these different elements in it collectively? Yeah, that's a good question. So it's a discussion that we've been having throughout the interim. The interim bill that is the vehicle for this HB 54 did just start out as a rate cut. However, I think as we've listened to the voice of the people, there's, I think, pretty strong public support for a component for those on fixed incomes, Social Security, to help them a little bit more. We've seen a big increase in the cost of living and housing, unfortunately, property taxes. And that particularly hits those on fixed incomes harder. And so giving this break to people on Social Security up to 75000 you know, is a component that has strong support. The double dependency exemption, we know that particularly the first year of a child's life, there's a lot of extra expenses. We're a very family-friendly state, and while this isn't a huge benefit, we believe it is a nice nod to those that are choosing to have children and give them a little bit of help in the first year. And then the earned income tax credit component helps those on the lower end of the income spectrum. And for some individuals, this change will actually take them off the tax rolls. 
And those on the lower income side of the spectrum will actually receive the largest percentage tax break as part of this policy proposal, which is meant to be a balanced proposal. And we can say with 100% assurance that if somebody is a Utah citizen paying income taxes, that they'll benefit in one or multiple ways from this tax cut. Now, that addresses one of the primary concerns or criticisms of a flat rate reduction, is that a flat rate reduction primarily benefits those at the upper end of the income spectrum. So you're saying by blending these different components together, this proposal effectively will help provide some form of tax relief to Utahns across the entire income spectrum. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's correct. You know, there's a saying that says you never miss that which you never had. And kind of alternatively, you can say you can't cut that which you're not paying. Just by nature of the way a rate cut works, those that are paying the most will get the biggest dollar break. But the way this package is structured, those on the lower income side of the equation will get a larger percentage break. And, you know, we're under no illusion that people across the spectrum are struggling with inflation and the cost of living. But I think that's particularly true for those on the lower end. And we believe this is a balanced break that will help everybody to some degree. Can you talk a little bit about why right now seems to be the right time to pursue some sort of tax cut policy? Yeah. So we've been cutting taxes for the past several years pretty significant rate cuts and other tax cuts. And Utah has been very fortunate with our well-managed budget and our economic growth. And so unlike a number of other states that are having to cut their budgets because of massive, you know, multi-billion dollar revenue shortfalls, we find ourselves in a surplus position even after cutting rates for multiple years. So we've tried to do this as a balanced approach that we will cut the rate, see if the budget is still in balance, And so we're submitting this proposal because we believe that it doesn't cut too deep in terms of leaving us with revenue shortfalls in the future, but it's sustainable. And then in future sessions, we'll come back and look and see, well, do we have the ability to go even lower? And if so, I fully expect those will be policy ideas that we'll be pursuing. Now, you mentioned something that does seem to be rather unique to the state of Utah, that this isn't just a one-time massive tax reduction, but rather that this is a systematic approach over the last several years that we've seen over the last at least three legislative sessions, consistent reductions in our state tax burden. Do you anticipate moving forward that we're going to see similar efforts along that front? I think that we'll definitely see similar efforts as long as our budget continues to grow all boats rise with the tide. I think it's very important to note that once this session is finished, I think we'll find ourselves in a position where we've given you know substantial tax relief, but we've also dramatically increased spending on education, on different social services programs, and a host of other items, both one-time and ongoing. And it's because of our well-managed and balanced budget that we have in Utah that we're able to do both, which seems like a paradox that we can cut taxes and still give funding increases to areas that we deem need extra assistance moving forward. Now, there's a number of other different tax proposals and policies that the legislature is pursuing that aren't necessarily in this master tax package. Can you talk about some of those other tax cuts and benefits that you have seen come through your committee? Yeah. So coming through the Revenue and Taxation Committee, we've passed a bill that slightly lowers gas taxes and kind of restructures how we collect some of those fees from electric vehicles. 
We've passed a child tax credit bill that would benefit any Utah that has children. It's subject to a phase out. We've passed a bill to give veterans a break on their property taxes. And then we've also passed a bill to remove the state portion of the sales tax on food. And those are all moving along as standalone packages. And obviously, before the session concludes, we'll have to figure out exactly the total dollars available with all of the requests, including these other tax cut proposals, and see how they all shake out. So this tax proposal that the House Majority Caucus has put forward, what does this mean for the average Utah family? Yeah, so the average median income in Utah is about $80,000. And for a family of four, this would mean just over $200 a year in tax relief, which isn't a massive number, but I think every household would easily be able to figure out what to do with an extra 200 plus dollars, whether that's increased costs at the gas pump or at the grocery store or housing. But again, this is an ongoing tax cut that will continue to benefit them. And then to the extent that their incomes rise, which we have seen income growth in Utah, that benefit will mean even more to them. And that $200 in average tax relief for Utahns, that's still on top of the taxes that the legislature has cut over the last several years as well, correct? Yes, absolutely. So, Representative, in the news lately, we've heard a lot of talk about the sales tax on food and the constitutional earmark on income tax. Can you talk a little bit about what that proposal and that package looks like as it works its way through the legislature? Yeah. So in Utah, per the Constitution, income tax collections are dedicated for public education, higher education, and as changed by the citizens a few years ago through Amendment G, those income tax funds can also go to disability-related causes and causes related to children. So the House Revenue Taxation Committee has passed a bill unanimously on a bipartisan basis that would remove the state sales tax on food, which is approximately $190 million, but that would be contingent on a citizen amendment passing that would amend the Constitution to eliminate the earmark on how we spend income tax funds. Utah is one of the few states in the nation that has such an earmark. And if you look at the current structure of HB 54, it is all in the realm of income taxes. There's nothing in there relating to transportation tax or to sales tax. Sales tax is the primary funder of the general fund, which we have to pay Medicaid and pretty much all other state expenditures other than education-related costs and the few other items I mentioned. And so the ability to cut the sales tax on food, which that seems to be very popular tax cut amongst the citizens, if we did that in the absence of removing the earmark, which would be up to the citizens, we would have to take some very deep cuts into areas that I don't think people would be interested in doing, which would be, you know, potentially Department of Public Safety, you know, Highway Patrol, law enforcement, Medicaid, other basic state services that if the earmark stays in place, would make it extremely difficult to cut the sales tax on food. So assuming that the bill that would put that amendment on the ballot passes and then subject to citizens voting on that favorably, then there could be additional tax relief that comes to the state of Utah via the removal of the state portion of sales tax on groceries. 
Representative, is there anything else that you would like to mention to members of the public who might be listening about the state's overall tax strategy and about any further policies that might be coming down the pike? Yeah, so I think one of the best regarded national groups that looks at taxation policies is called the Tax Foundation. And Utah routinely ranks in the top 10 states for how we balance our taxes between property tax, sales tax, and income tax. You know, some states don't have an income tax, but then you get your property tax bill and it's shocking. Or they will have higher sales tax on different items in the state, which then sometimes people go across state lines to avoid paying the sales tax and drive some bad behavior. Utah has been very balanced. And so by trying to look at each category, do what we can, that's the best policy for maintaining a business-friendly environment and having a tax structure that doesn't penalize homeowners or high-income taxpayers. We should be very proud of our balanced approach, which we continue to pursue. Thank you, Representative. We look forward to seeing exactly what this bill will look like come the end of the session and how it will continue to work its way through the process. Is there anything else that you would like to mention to members who might be tuning in? I think the important thing to keep in perspective is that Utah has high regards for our fiscal responsibility. And there's a reason that Forbes routinely says Utah is the best managed state in the nation. We're doing it through incrementalism so we don't come back during a recession and find out, oh, now we've got to raise taxes, which is the worst possible time to raise taxes. So I think that if they look at the cumulative effect, Utah continues to move in the right direction. Well, thank you, Representative. We appreciate your analysis and sitting down and talking with us about these policies, and we look forward to seeing their implementation. Thank you.